what's going on everybody welcome back to big dog's porch come on up grab a seat so it's tuesday day nine uh one day left and uh, as i was talking yesterday uh, my decision is becoming more final um in fact it is final i will be uh stopping my juice fast tomorrow tomorrow will be the last day um 10 days uh, i'm proud that i hit it the thing that concerns me is um you know again as i was as i talked yesterday is the fact that i haven't had that fast flu what everybody who's done it says they experience so my concern is is that uh my body is um not ready yet and that if i if it did sit there and go into that stage that i might very well just like just not be good let's put it that way so uh, I will stop tomorrow, Thursday morning. I will eat prunes and I'll drink juice for the rest of the day. I will, um, uh, uh, and then Friday, uh, I'll eat some of, you know, some type of juicy fruit. Uh, probably give me some watermelon, even though they're out of season. And, um, you know, those are really easy. Or some type of melon, maybe a, a melon mix pack or something. Uh, and then Saturday, the juicy fruit again, and Saturday evening for dinner, a salad. That's the plan. And uh, and so yeah, and then you know Sunday, you know eat something. Uh, you know, I don't know, just, but from this point forward, going healthy, and then about a week or so, uh, I am going to start the Life Force plan. So, I'm drinking right now the Heartbeat drink. It's so good. And, uh. I, I've I've enjoyed this time. I've I've um come to some sort of a some personal revolutions, some personal insights and epiphanies that uh, I will not discuss today, mainly for the reason I'm not alone in the house. So I'll discuss them on another day when I am alone, since nobody in my family listens to my podcasts. Oh, yeah, we support you, rah, rah, but we don't listen to your podcasts. Go figure. Um, let me stop. So let's, let's talk about why sometimes you, you need to make a total drastic flip, right? I had a gentleman in my car the other night who was a vegan and we talked about it and, 
and he was impressed that I was drinking a juice with beets in it and that my other juice was, you know, he was impressed by that. And, and, um, and the reason why sometimes Les Brown said, if you always do what you always did, you'll always get what you always got. It's so true. I don't, I don't want what I always got anymore. I don't, I don't want the same. Uh, you know, I recorded a video today that I'm going to post up on Facebook. And, uh, you know, and it talked about, you know, so recently I've, I've been going through and people that I met in college that became pretty good friends in college. Not like Harvest, but pretty good friends. And uh, I um, lost contact with them, right? And that was that was my fault. You know, I've, I figured there was such a big age difference and gap between us that there was really no sense trying to, to, to keep. You know, they had their whole life ahead of them still, right? I was, you know, hitting that the middle of, you know, the middle stretch of mine, so... Things that we couldn't relate to because they didn't have kids. I did have kids. They were still young and full of, you know, energy and everything. And, and it's funny because I, I've, since I'm becoming friends with, and the way I became friends with it, I just reached it on Facebook, right? And I, I remember when I first started my Facebook page, I, I didn't want anything to do with Facebook. But I understood the power that Facebook had, so I wanted to start a business page, which I, which I do have. And I, I wanted to, um, but in order to do that, you needed to have a page. So I started a page with basically, you know, um, but I didn't want to reach out to, you know, all these people that I, that I knew or whatever, just because I really didn't want to do, you know, Facebook, but I've made some friends on Facebook. I've made some friends in real life that we became friends on Facebook. And a lot of these people, you know, know me and they see the type of stuff I post, which is usually silly humor stuff. And I really try to stay away from the, the subject matters that people get offended over for the most part. I'm not saying I always do. And um, so I reached out to them on Facebook. You know, they were in my suggestive names list. And I said, you know what, let's... Let's do it. Let's go ahead and just shoot them a request to be friends on Facebook. And most of them accepted. So, and the reason was because I have always been an extrovert. I don't, there's not a, I've never met a stranger. I there was a guy in my car the other night sat there and got in, dude, the, the vegan that got in my car, right? We ended up talking about 10, 15, 20 minutes outside of his apartment while I was waiting for another ride to click in. You know, it just, it it's easy for me to, to get into conversation and to get into that level of where people are revealing things about themselves and I reveal things about myself, right? It's not a one-way street. You know, there's there's revelation on both points. And, um, 
it's easy for me. I I don't I don't have a problem that I'm I don't shy away from that, right? I you know, I can I can walk down the street um figuratively cuz right now literally I can't, but I can walk down the street and uh you know, and pass by 10 of them and five of them I can sit there and and hold a 5 to 10 minute conversation and honestly and truthfully within that 5 to 10 minutes I can have them reveal something to me that they would never think they would reveal to a stranger. And and it, I'm not using any trick. I'm just genuinely interested. And I think people can pick up on that. That's a gift. Um, but it's also a talent. And anybody can develop that. Read How to Win Friends and Influence People. That That's a start, right? Oh, my God, he talked about reading again. Yes, and I will talk about it for the rest of the podcasts that I do from here on out. Reading doesn't just stop in school. But you see, that was, that was the way I was out. But the problem is, is that I became reclusive. Because I suffered from an inferiority complex. Um, even though, you know, I used to sit there and brag, and, uh, you know, about the fact that I was obnoxious, arrogant. How can you be arrogant and inferior at the same time, right? It doesn't seem like those two mesh. But the, the truth of the matter is, is that what happens is that one becomes a mask for the other then. So the arrogance and the obnoxiousness became a mask for the inferiority. And then, and the inferiority came, the inferior feeling came from the fact that I wasn't pursuing my dreams. From the fact that I was doing jobs that part of me felt I was too qualified for. I wasn't putting, you know, then I went back to school and I wasn't putting my degrees to use. I was delivering newspapers. And, and there became a shame that went with that. A depression. And the, well, the depression was already in set, but it just fueled the depression. It, it sat there and solidified the depression. And then, as most people in depression do, you deny it. I'm not depressed. Look at me. I, I make people laugh. I'm a clown. I joke. I, but it is all an act. And then you find those people that you actually let in. You know what I'm saying? That you let in... Let to see behind the curtain, you know, the Wizard of Oz curtain. To, to let them see that, that I'm a cowardly lion. But I want to be brave. I want to be bold. I want to be bold like I was when I was 16, 15, 16 years old. 
there was a girl named Wendy in my high school. Wendy was tall for her age, for being a girl. She was almost six foot. She had long legs. And at 15, 16 years old, for her Valentine's gift, I mean, we weren't dating or anything. I bought her a garter belt and stockings. Like, who does that? I did that. And that person, that, that boldness, that bravery, I should have kept, I should have maintained. But I didn't. The boldness to sit there and, and use the greatest pickup line that I've ever used on my wife. You look good in stripes. But I didn't keep that boldness. I didn't keep that bravery. I gave it up. I became reclusive. I became, I just stayed at home. I didn't go out. I didn't go into the world and utilize my gifts as a people person. And then we got involved in Amway. And that gave me a chance to shine. And I was happy. And I was fulfilled. And I thought that this was it. And then... Amway made some changes, went online, I got a computer, I went online, I read a lot of stuff about Amway, and it just stole my dream. And then I got mad, and I blamed everybody. I, I could have, you know, I could have kept on going, I could have dug in, I could have decided not to believe the bullshit on the internet. At that time, and I could have kept pursuing and building my business. But I didn't. I quit. You know, I talk a lot of times to people in my car about what was that dream that you had when you was from around 10, 11, 12 years old, 15, 16 years old. What was that dream? And why aren't you chasing that dream? A lot of them says, because I grew up. What, what does growing up have to do with it? I, um, mine was, I wanted to fly F-15s. At that time, and I think still today, over 90% of all Air Force pilots come out of the academy, Air Force Academy. So I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. Well, somewhere around the ninth or 10th grade, I really should have done a deep dive to see what was required for an appointment, because you have to be appointed to the Air Force Academy. I should have looked. I should have done my due diligence. And I want to show how that pattern then happens you know, you, 
you set the first block of the foundation. If the first block is crooked, the rest of the foundation is going to be crooked. So, when I started this juice fast last week, I did not do my due diligence. I, I'm surprised that I haven't had more severe effects. Because a person of my weight should not be just consuming two liters of juice a day. 470 pounds. Honestly and truthfully, I should be consuming somewhere between five to eight liters of juice a day to replace the calories that I need. Now, by the grace of God, I haven't killed myself in this past week. <laughs> Seriously. And I've had no detrimental effects. There's been no you know, degradation of bodily function, of, of mental capacity, of, of actually I feel like I've had more energy. And, and that brings us to the reason why you start to juice. Because juicing breaks down the fruits and the vegetables. And that life-giving essence, those, those phytochemicals, all that good nutrients and minerals and vitamins and stuff, and it puts it in an easily absorbable thing so it right away gets to your cells and invigorates them and, and bolsters them and, and does what it's supposed to do. And it's in an easily absorbable state. But you see, I didn't do my due diligence. So the next time I do a juice fast, depending on where I'm at, I will know whether or not that I should be consuming more juice or less juice, and I will plan accordingly. That's another reason why I'm stopping at 10 days. Because, honestly and truthfully, I think one of the reasons why I haven't suffered a fast flu is because I haven't been consuming enough to flush as it should be. So, but see, those are the things why I said, you know, sometimes we need to make drastic transformations in, in our lives, right? And I think this is what scares most people in this. I think most people were then, you know, they're, they're, uh, trepidatious about making these types of decisions they're you know they're hesitant right they just they don't because they look at their life and they go you know what it's not a bad life do i really want to risk fucking this up for something i don't know And everybody has to answer that on their own. For me, it's a yes. Most definitely, 100%, without a doubt. I do not want to continue life this way. Remember, two years ago, 
well, almost three now, two and a half years ago, the sole purpose of me going down to Atlanta was so that I didn't have to continue life this way. The sole purpose was to go to commit suicide. And I, th I think that we lose ourselves sometimes in our daily habits and rituals that we're no longer living. I reached out to a bunch of people that I made friends with in college and they all accepted me as friends. I was pleasantly surprised. And looking, they all have kids now. And it's awesome. All my kids are grown. You know, my youngest one turns 21 this year. So it's, it's you know, one of those things that... You know, what do we, you know... What are we, you know, what am I doing? I'm saying what, you know, what are we doing? What am, what am I doing? Well, I'm just trying to enjoy. I'm just trying to be happy. I'm trying to get joy back into my life. I'm trying to be that bold, brave, 15, 16 year old boy who gives a girl that he's not even dating garter belt and stockings. I still want to be that bold, brave person that sits there and tells a girl that he just met at work, you look good in stripes. I want to be that bold, brave person so that the next however many years of my life can be lived to its fullest. You know, I used to tell people, I'm 53 years old, I've only been drunk three times in my life. I told them each time I got drunk, I lost something. It was returned to me. The last time I got drunk, I lost my life. Not literally, figuratively. Because the last time I got drunk, I got my wife pregnant with my oldest daughter. And the person before that would not have made a good father. So I had to kill that person, figuratively to become a good father. And now I find that I need to resurrect that person because that person was the brass. That person was the obnoxious and arrogant one 
that person was the one who was full of life and full of dreams and full of wonder and imagination and and he's starting to come back he's on life support so i didn't i didn't actually kill him but i buried him so far into the recesses of my mind that it's taken him a long time to come out and now i'm chasing my dreams and they're not the same dreams that i had when i was 20 some of them are some of them aren't. Some of them I realize that since I'm now starting to chase them in the 50s, the chances of getting them aren't the best, but they're still my dreams, so I'm still going to chase them. Because who knows where I'll actually end up? Who's to say? Just because you might not get them is not an excuse to chase them. You'll never hit the target that you don't aim for. I'm sure y'all have heard that before, right? That you don't shoot at or however it's at, right? You know, Michael Jordan sat there and was known for hitting the last shot, but you know he missed more last shots than he made. Some of your best baseball hitters, right? They're th over, slightly over 300 average. That means they miss six to seven times out of every ten times at bat. And we celebrate them. Dude's batting 300. He's awesome. So, you know, we, we need to go, you know, through um you know, life. I mean, just think of you know, think of like a, a quarterback, right? He might throw forty passes in a game. He might only complete twenty two of them. So he twenty let's say twenty seven of them, right? So he's over fifty percent, but he's nowhere close to a hundred percent. But the next game, guess what? He's going to throw the ball 40 times again. Because he believes in, in the people he's throwing to. He believes in himself. And that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I think that's the thing that a lot of us, me included, for a good portion of my life, has kept us. We've done the safe thing. I want to be that brave, bold 16-year-old <laughs> that said hell to with societal norms of what's acceptable and not. And because a beautiful young lady, I gave her that gift for Valentine's. You know, you, what you got to do is you have to examine. 
then you have to decide. You go like, oh my God, here we go again. Broken record time. But see, I'm going to keep talking about it because it, it doesn't matter. It's true. It's what works. Everybody's looking for that guaranteed plan that's going to get them to be successful. And there's so many people out here giving it to you and you keep on looking because you're looking for the one guy that says, you know what? You, you don't need to do anything different than what you're doing right now. And that is the charlatan. That's the snake oil salesman. Because you do. You have to change. You have to. Change is required. And in some cases, such as myself, complete transformations are required. 484 pounds when I started January 20, uh, January 15th, 14th, 15th, somewhere in there. 484 pounds. I won't be 484 pounds next January 21st. I won't be 384 pounds next January 21st. I won't be 284 pounds next January 21st. I'll be closer to 184 pounds next January 21st. Don't bet against me. That's going to be your mistake. I'm, this weight is going to come off. I can't wait till tomorrow to weigh in. I mean, that's not the reason why I did the juice fast, but let's see, you know. Then I'm going to move on to the next thing that I'm, I'm going to do. But all in all, there's an, there's an overall goal, and I know what that goal is. I know what I need to do. 289 pounds in one year will put me to my healthy weight. Dude. I mean, like, come on, right? And there's part of me that's tempted just to sit there and say, fuck it, let's just lose the full 300. It's only 11 more pounds. But at some point, and I'm putting this out into the universe now, speak it. Power of the spoken word. If you don't understand that. Words have life and death in them. Remember I said, you know, we all have the ability to be dream builders or dream stealers. And unfortunately, a lot of us are are both right and you know we're dream builders and, and and stealers at the same time and we don't do it out of malice we do it because we don't know any better we we think we're you know helping somebody 
And what you're doing is you're speaking death into their life by stealing their dreams. So my dream, my vision, there's a lady named Stacy London. She used to do on the show What Not to Wear. So when I get super close to my healthy weight, I don't know how, somehow, I am going to meet this woman. And she's going to help me design my wardrobe. that I'm going to wear once I hit my healthy weight. We're going to go over, I'm going to tell her my likes, my dislikes, you know, she's going to help me maybe with my color palette because, you know, even though I like some certain colors, maybe I look better in other colors. I mean, all those things that I know nothing about, she's going to help me. And then once I'm at my healthy weight and I've had the surgery to remove all the loose skin, because that's going to happen. Her and I are going to go on a shopping spree and I'm going to buy, you know, the, the first part of that wardrobe. We all should be, you know, Aspiring to, to something that is better than what we are now. But so many of us are afraid of change. So many of us are afraid of the unknown. That's why we look and say, well, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable right now. And that's what I was doing. Well, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable right now. I go to work, come home, lay on the couch with the wife. Watch what the wife watches. Watch what I want to watch. Go to bed, get up and do the same thing the next day. I mean, it was ridiculous. I mean, you're just you're just moving through life. You're not living. I'm getting ready to drop a video. Uh, you know, like I said, that I recorded this morning. I, I, I think I'm going to redo it because there's some spots in there. Um, and then again, I might not. I might just let it be because of the rawness of it is the realness of it. But some things that I'm going to do and accomplish this year. I love baseball. But I've never been to a Major League Baseball game. So I'm going to go to two of them. I'm going to go one, the Baltimore Orioles. Four-hour drive from here, four and a half. And I'm going to go one to the Washington Nationals. Three and a half. And I'm going to go and I'm going to enjoy myself. That means I need to be at a certain level of health so that I can park the car and walk, right? Because I don't... You know, I can't right now. In July, my wife and, and my whole family is going over to visit my daughter in Japan. 
I plan to sit there and, and hike up this one mountain in the George Washington National Forest called the Priest. It's right beside the Ty River. Make a day of it and take my dad. Hike up the top. Not with my dad. My dad will stay down in the car. He's 79 years old. I mean, if he wants to try it, like, okay. But it's going to be tough enough for me. But I'm going to do it. And right before the summit, about a half a click before the summit, there's this rock outcrop that's, you know, cleared opening sky. And I'm going to launch a drone from there, take some aerial shots of me almost to the summit. See, I know I talked about this last week, but you see, these are the things that are fueling me right now. So I'll talk about them more and more. The difference between you right now and me is you might be having similar thoughts about the things that you want to accomplish this year. But instead of giving them life and speaking them, because there is power in the spoken word, you're trying to bury them in your mind, in those deep, dark recesses. But they're not staying buried, are they? Because they're meant for you. Ah, oh, man, I'm telling you guys, there's a difference when you are actually chasing after the things that fuel you. Uh, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, it's it, it's one thing... I've done it for 20 plus years. I buried my dreams and look where it led me to so deep and dark in a depression that I wanted to kill myself. But through the intervention of my best friend, God let me know that he wasn't done with me yet. Something that you are doing or not doing will help somebody else.
think if we all were just like a piece of thread that went into some major crochet or uh, quilt, right? We're all one little piece of the patch. If you take away one piece, how that, that overall quilt is lacking. But the question is, is are you joining that quilt at your fullest, at your most vibrant, at your most, so that you make the other pieces around you look good? You know, I watched a video the other day of Michael Jordan talking about Kobe Bryant and how Kobe Bryant um, had grown and involved and was asking questions and he compared him to like a little brother that always gets into his stuff and it's aggravating at first and everything. I remember shortly after the death of Kobe Bryant, a lot of vicious people came out and tried to smear and slander him because of the trouble he got in with the law years ago. And I, I find that sad because you gave no room for the fact that he could change. I'm not saying he was innocent or anything. I'm, that's not what I'm here debating. But what I can sit there and say is that when other great people, and not just because they were great at basketball, people outside like The Rock, like you know, Kevin Hart, like a bunch of different people, Talk about him. That means he affected their lives. He impacted their lives. Which is what we are supposed to do. We are supposed to have an impact. We're supposed to cause the you know the the ripples in the water so that the ripples affect somebody else positively as much as possible and there's sometimes we're going to do stuff that's going to affect people negatively but if as long as you're not purposely looking to be you know a negative impact Make the decision to transform. Make the decision to change. Al Medina used to say to me, when the pain of staying the same exceeds the pain of change, you will 
change. My pain is too great. In the video that I posted up to the friends on Facebook, all the new friends and, and the friends that have been with me ever since I've been on Facebook, you know, just people I met in life, I, um, I say to them, and I said on the video, <clears throat> I'm not asking y'all to replace Harvest because nobody can. What I am asking is that like him, you hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. We all need to find the people that will hold us accountable. So, you know, guys, it's it's been it, it's been an interesting ten days. It's been enlightening. It's been invigorating. Like I said, I feel good. A lot of my conditions have cleared up. You know, like the feet swelling and stuff like that. I just I um I still got a ways to go though still over 400 pounds let's start celebrating seriously celebrating when i drop below 400 and then let's we'll uh celebrate even harder when i drop below 300 i came close several years ago losing weight to go to my daughter's wedding i got down to 312 pounds 300 22 pounds. I think it was 322 pounds. That's the closest I've been to 300 pounds in 20 years. Well, let's see. Shortly after my oldest son was born, I broke over 300 pounds. About a year or two after he was born, I, I exceeded 300 pounds. So, yeah, 20, he's 23, so 20, 21 years. I've been over 300 pounds. Haven't seen the 200s. I will see it this year. Doubt me if you dare. Anyways, guys, y'all come back down to Big Dog's Porch. We'll see y'all next time. Let's do this.